everyone. Welcome to another episode of A Word About Wealth, a podcast where we tackle the often complicated world of money and wealth. My name is Kevin. And this is Van. What we do here on this podcast is take a common sense approach to all things money. Our goal here is to help you build wealth. It is important to note that we are not financial advisors, nor do we pretend to be. What we share on this podcast should be taken as general education and financial entertainment and should not miss, should not be misconstrued as official financial advice. That's right. Uh, just uh, stuttered a little bit there. No, sorry no, about that. It's all good. Uh, how, how's it going, Van? It's going well. Just uh, have another cold here, Kevin. I can't shake it off, unfortunately. But it's from the kids. It's always from the kids, Kevin. Always from the kids. <laughs> well, I'm sorry to hear that, but uh, you seem okay, though. It's okay, but uh, how about yourself, Kevin? We, uh, we're doing okay. Doing okay, okay. okay. yeah. Not, you not, know. not good? Not great? Just a little tired today, oh, but no. I'm excited about this podcast oh, episode yeah. today. Oh, yeah? Because, folks, we're talking about timeshares. That's right. <laughs> and uh, it's everyone's favorite, favorite topic. But before that, I did want to ask you, Van, sure. current events is part of our new, you know, part of our new program. What do you think about the stock market lately? The stock market lately. So it's been going crazy, huh? It's been going crazy. Yeah. But I think people have to kind of filter out a lot of the um, the things that the media is saying, how it's kind of, because it's this very doom and gloom right now. Yeah. And it, it kind of paints a picture that people should get out of the stock market. But I, I implore you, I, I would totally say that. This is not the time to get out. This is actually the time to buy more if you if you want to. So yeah, I would say just continue. Uh, if you're investing, continue to invest. If you have extra money, put more in it. So it, that's that's how. And Even when all those numbers are are, are all red, man. Yeah, of course. That's that's when you want oh, to put money in. Well done, well done. <laughs> but it's it's kind of what Warren Buffett says, right? If uh, yeah. be be greedy when everyone is fearful, and be fearful when everyone's greedy, right? Mm. So uh, this that's is true. one of those times. Well, Van, on today's topic mm-hmm. about timeshares, is that something you should always uh, invest in? <laughs> Not at all, but I, I wanted to do this episode mainly because I still have vacation on, on my brain and I, I miss not being in Australia and so forth. And I figured, yeah, what's, what's another good way of reliving, uh, thinking about vacation than to talk about timeshares, actually? Absolutely. And I know this is a, a topic that a few of our listeners have been asking about and trying to understand whether or not it's a good vi- financial vehicle, either right. for retirement or just to save up for vacation and things like that. Absolutely, so, yeah. Uh, well, let's jump in, Van. What's your experience with with timeshares? I'm going to have to say this one thing. Quick disclaimer here. So there, there's actually been two financial blunders in my life, and this is what Dave Ramsey would call stupid tax. And uh, the first blunder was the whole life insurance policy. I think I, I mentioned we'll tackle, that. Yeah. Right? We, we talked about that. Um, well, I mentioned that in a, uh, some previous episodes ago. And um, my second one is actually, uh, we actually brought a timeshare about 10 years ago, uh, my wife and I did. I guess some people may see that as a blessing, but to my wife and I, we kind of see it as a as a big curse. Oh <laughs> our, man, giving finances. away the game, man! Yeah, I know, I know. Oh man, <laughs> just kidding. But again, it's just really we just want to paint a picture of this is just our experience, and when we crunch the numbers and that we will show you, it just yeah. kind of it shows you that it's in the end, it, a lot of time it doesn't work out numbers wise, but we will go through the pros and cons. And okay, we'll, we'll give you're going to be objective fun. in this, right? Yeah, we'll try All to right. be as objective as we can. Fair enough. That way. Fair enough. So let's start then, Van. I mean, what is a timeshare for those that most people probably know, but for those that don't know? Sure. So from from a marketing standpoint, it's they, they're always going to market it to you like a, a way to own a piece of property, right? Or a way to own a, a, a like a, just a sliver of this vacation home that that you can enjoy every single year. And typically, these properties are on a network of resorts. 
So, for instance, I think okay. Hyatt has one. I believe even Disney has one and yeah. so forth. And when you're a part of this property, you're actually not just buying this one property. You actually have access to a whole bunch of other properties as well, which is pretty cool. In a way, you own a share of the property for a set amount of time. So, that's why it's kind of called timeshare in that sense. Got it. And the whole real point of it is so that you don't have to fork out a ton of money to buy your own dedicated vacation home. You can just put you know, a lot less money into something like a timeshare and still have similar type of benefits. So basically like if it's because owning a property usually is a large sum of money, you're right. breaking that up renting or not renting but sharing that cost amongst a bunch of people at a much lower cost. Exactly. Got so it. you don't have to shell out about you know several hundred thousand dollars on a, a beachfront property, but you can just shell out, you know, maybe a few thousand dollars on a, a share of it instead, right? Got it. Okay. I have to say that's a marketing way of they're always going to spin it to you, right? But in the real world, it's really just prepaying your vacation. So in a way, you're you're really just up paying upfront costs for your vacation that you may or may not use. That's, I think, the more realistic way of seeing it. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Because in, in some ways, you will be using your timeshare most likely for vacation, lodging, exactly. etc. Yeah. Understood. So talk to us a little bit about just timeshares in general. Are there different types? Are there just one type? Share a little bit about that with us. Sure. So there, there's actually a few different types. Um, I'm going to point out three major types that uh, at least I'm aware of. So the first one is called a fixed type. And it's fixed timeshares are really just properties that you have fixed amount of uh, weeks every single year. So you have this, uh, you have residence in this property at the same time every every year and you know there's no surprises there and it's that this block of time um, it's usually like a week or so is dedicated to you the great thing about that is it's consistent you know when you could vacation uh, usually you can plan around it really easily uh, the only problem with this one is that it is at least flexible and it's definitely use it or lose it so if you don't use that week then you don't you know, you know you basically lose that week as well so you set it that time if you don't go that's it pretty much Understood. Yeah. okay um, the second type is called a floating uh, timeshare so the floating timeshare is similar to the fixed timeshare but you're not bound to the same week every single year you can actually use uh, it's you know like a floating holiday right so you can book any uh, week throughout the year uh, as long as it's available and that's really the only con is that it's subject to availability so if you want to go to Vegas on New Year's Eve for instance uh, you know, good luck getting that right Got because it. you you more than likely are, you're going to be at odds with a lot of other people who want that same week as well and again another con is you also use it or lose it as well Got it. right so, okay yeah, so it's just kind of a evolution of the fix right I would say the third one is actually a points-based system, and this is, which is even an evolution with the floating one, where instead of having like a week or a certain amount of time every single year, uh, they give you a certain amount of points that you can use to reserve your room. And these points are almost like a, a currency. Mm, Not like, interesting. Yeah. So it's like a currency you use to uh, redeem hotels or redeem uh, resort stays and so forth. And I, I would say the okay. main, the main, uh, the main, the great thing about this one is that it's completely flexible. You can pretty much uh, book any days throughout the year as much as you can. And uh, also, you don't have a use it or lose it mentality here. So you can actually roll over your points year by year, depending on your contract. But the only issue with this one, I would say, is again, is it's still subject to availability and. It's also kind of difficult to quantify a value with points because a certain amount of points for one resort could right. uh, could be uh, could mean one thing, and then a certain amount of points for another resort could mean a totally different thing. So it's kind of hard to quantify. Got it, Van. In your research on timeshares or just working through this, do you feel like there is one that's better than the other? Personally, in the industry, yeah, like just generally speaking, I think it depends on your lifestyle. I would mm, say because. 
if you're the type of person who likes to go to the same place every single year, then I think the fixed one is probably the best. Got it. Okay. Because that one, that it, makes sense. You, there's, there's no surprises there, right? But I think if you're the type of person who wants to travel every all throughout the world and so forth and be really flexible, then I think the point system works out better. But the fixed one, you can at least assign a value to it. It's like, you know, concrete that you always have this week versus the points. The same amount of points you could maybe get a day in one resort and then maybe the same amount of points to, uh, with another resort it could be like a week. Got so it. it's, it's, it's really tricky. Hit or there. miss kind of yeah. thing. Huh? Okay. Well, great. Uh, thanks for setting the table for us, Van. Yeah, no and I, I have a bit of a surprise for you. We're going to game time real quick Ooh, early this time. Game time. That's I right. Love, I love game time. I know you love game oh. time. So we're going to the game. So, Van, we're going to play a new game today, introducing new games for you every episode. This game is called Storytelling. Storytelling. That's right. But my kids love storytelling. I know. This is, uh, I wouldn't necessarily share this with your kids. (laughs) This is more of a a story time about timeshares. Okay. Um, Okay. So, what we're going to do in this game, folks, Van and I are going to recreate an experience of how a timeshare experience pitch might go. Are you ready, Van? I am. So, Van's going to be Mr. Salesman. And I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be Van. Actually, if that makes just, sense, just uh, you're you're gonna be the un- unsuspecting That's right. person. That's okay. correct. So we're gonna cue music. That's right. Do, 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 do. Kevin and his wife arrive at the concert venue, looking forward to enjoying themselves on a wonderful Saturday night. As they approach the entrance, they are stopped by someone they did not expect to meet. Hello, sir. Do you like to gamble? Why, yes, I do. I can get you a free trip to a fabulous resort in Las Vegas. Really? But what's the catch? All you have to do, sir, is attend a 90-minute presentation. That's it? Sweet, sign me up. Kevin and wife goes to Vegas, has a great time, and and Kevin attends the 90-minute presentation. Good day, sir. How is your stay going so far? Killed it on craps last night. So it's going pretty good. Oh, excellent. I'm glad to hear that. Well, if you could go anywhere in the world, where would you like to go? Well, my dream has always been to travel the world and, most importantly, visit my cousins, my favorite cousins, out in Australia. Oh, is that so? Australia. Yeah, that's a great place to go. You know what? You will love what I have to show you. Sales Guy presents Timeshare Video, showing how awesome timeshares are. Kevin is starting to warm up to the idea of owning a timeshare. So, Kevin, what do you think? You know, that just warmed my heart. But I don't really know how I can afford this. Let's not worry about numbers right now, Kevin. Let me show you our resort. Sales guy and Kevin tours the resort and Kevin is amazed at what he sees. Kevin is beginning to think that maybe timeshares are not a bad thing. Kevin looks down at his watch and an hour has passed by. So, Kevin, what do you think of the resort? Oh, it's nice. Very nice. Do you see yourself owning something like this? Oh, I don't know. Seems a bit luxurious to me. Let me paint you a picture, Kevin. Just imagine yourself sitting on a beach, holding a corona in your hand, and just watching the waves go by. Don't you want to be in a place like that? Well, yeah, I'm starting to see it. What about your dreams, Kevin? What if we can make it happen right now? I really don't know. Well, Kevin, let, let me paint you another picture. If you want to go to Australia today, how much do you think it will cost you? Uh, 500 <laughs> Well, Kevin, it's, it's more like about $5,000. Whoa, whoa. That's a lot. Think about this, Kevin. Today, 
is $5,000. But in 10 years, it could be $10,000. You don't want to be a chump, do you, and spend $10,000? Wait, wait, wait. Where is this math coming from? Don't worry about this math, Kevin. Just think about your dream. Don't you like the vacation? All right, but... Nails, Guy, and Kevin are fiercely negotiating, and a 90-minute presentation extends beyond three hours. This is the vacation for you, right, Kevin? It's a great investment. You can pass it to your children, and you can travel anywhere. I mean, anywhere in the world. Oh, yeah. Kevin? (laughs) Kevin, Kevin. I like you, Kevin. Now, normally I don't do this, but I see that glimmer in your eye. I know this could be your future. I'll tell you what. What if I cut the price by 50% and I'll throw in that trip to Australia for free? What do you have to lose? Wow, that is a good deal, but I have to talk to my wife. Tell you what, Kevin, I'll throw you another deal. Oh? What if I give you a free coupon to Brazilian barbecue? (laughs) Oh, sold! Sign me up! A little bit dazed by the decision, Kevin signs all the paperwork takes a huge loan with high interest rates and leaves Las Vegas with the biggest sense of buyer's remorse that he's ever had. And that, my friend, is how it is like to buy timeshare. And scene. Well done, man. <laughs> well done. I think you painted quite the picture there for the folks. No, no, we both did. We both, we did. both did. We both did. But, folks, it was just a little game that we were trying to recreate, but that's almost exactly what had happened, right, right. man? So, I have to say that <laughs> I've gone to about uh, half a dozen of these, and you would think that the formula would be a little bit different every yeah. single time, but I would say it's about 90% the same. And uh, we kind of exaggerated here and there, but sure. I would have to say that when I had bought my timeshare, it was just, I was just confused with the whole, yeah. with everything, because they didn't really give you much time to think, let alone um, just mold things over to yeah. you know, make it that decision, right? Just high pressure sales, oh, yeah. high pressure making you feel like a fool exactly. for not taking the deal. Yeah. So, I mean, in this case, it was just like, uh, in, in my case, they threw in a trip to Hawaii and Cancun. And, wow. And in addition to slashing the price uh, almost by 50%, and it, was, it just seemed to, like such a great deal at the time, right? So. And then you also mentioned in the notes, we didn't have a third person, so we couldn't do a third person. But typically, right. there's another upper manager that comes through, right? Exactly. And it's very much like a, going to a car dealership. Such a game. It is. It such is. a game. You also have your your girlfriend, your wife with you as well, yeah. and they're That's equally confused. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, I didn't want to have a you know, um, I didn't want to re- recreate a girl's voice. <laughs> so, so let's kind of wrap, uh, just kind of walk that back, Van. So, typically, it usually starts off with some sort of free hook, right, or bait. Exactly. Right? It's usually some sort of presentation, but they always tie that to come visit for free and things like that, right? Absolutely, yeah. And then what happens? Usually then it's like sit down for the presentation, then it's that high-pressure sales. Exactly. Got yeah. it. And okay. Because a lot of times they just try to contradict you all the time because, of course, you, you like to vacation and you are on a, you know, a vacation that they invited you to, but they always try to say like, well, if you like to vacation, then this is the perfect product for you. And they yeah. keep saying that, you know, they use inflation as a tool. And yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, in, in this case, we're a little bit ridiculous, <laughs> but I remember one guy saying, well, remember how much a bottle of milk cost <laughs> oh, <laughs> like wow. 10 years ago? Seriously. And oh. yeah, so they kept using those type of fake math to yeah. really scare you into thinking that, hey, no, in 10 years, nobody's going to be able to afford a vacation anymore. So a lot of people I know ask me this is like when you when they give you those too good to be true deals are those actual deals like they do did you actually get to go to that resort and and have a good time and things like that typically so I would say that they are they are legit but there okay. are some catches because first of all they're 
uh, you have to find out availability. So, and yeah. a, a lot of times those uh, these free resort vouchers they only have such small availability. And second oh, of all, they're usually not at the nicest of hotels. I see. So they're usually like a, maybe a two and a half star. You're look, you're lucky if you have like three star hotels. For Got this. it. So as a matter of fact, we we didn't go to Cancun because that hotel voucher they gave us was to like a two and a half star hotel, and I didn't feel comfortable in yeah. the, to be in the country that I didn't speak a language with and not be in a place where it's yeah. you know, I, I would feel safe. Yeah. <laughs> So, in other words, they will give you something, mm-hmm. but typically those things aren't really what you imagine them to be. Right. And on top of that, uh, a lot of times what they would say is, uh, so, you know, when before when they even bring you there, they say, oh, they would promise you, like, you know, maybe it could be a free trip or it could be uh, concert tickets, it could be yeah. amusement park tickets, whatever. When you go through the presentation and a few times when I'm like, look, you, you know, your 90 minutes is almost up, and they would actually sometimes threaten you, like, hey, you know, you're staying here for the whole presentation. And they'll oh, say that wow. if you don't stay for the whole presentation, then they'll even take away your ticket or your prize. So oh, wow. you feel even more compelled to stay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So it's just a lot of, it's pretty, I would say it's pretty shady on, is, in this front, especially, I would say it's, it's even more shady than a car, right? Because yeah. when you buy a car, at least you, you get drive home something tangible. <laughs> yeah. Whereas when you drive home from this time your presentation, you just, uh, I just, I just, my wife and I just had a real sixth sense uh, yeah. stomach and we always had to keep justifying like, Hey, it's, it was a good deal. You yeah. know, and we have to keep, uh, keep, I guess, reassuring ourselves that Got it, it was an okay purchase. <laughs> So let's bring this back to cost and money, right? Sure. So, Van, at the end of the day, we're talking about building wealth. Mm-hmm. So how should someone really evaluate the true cost of a timeshare? Well, the timeshare itself, it's they always say it's, it's an investment, but I would say it's definitely not an investment. Similar to real estate, you know, certain resorts will be more expensive and sure. certain resorts will be a lot cheaper, right? And the majority of timeshares or under, again, this timeshare umbrella company that has their own different set of tiers. So each property would be like maybe like a bronze level, silver, gold, platinum, yeah. you know, diamond, and so forth. And I would say that from all the timeshare presentations I've been to, a decent one would run you around, I would say, at, at the low end, 15K mm-hmm. to like up to like, you know, maybe 15 to 20K is kind of on average is what I see for a decent place. Got it. So, and then what's the ballpark amount that you're thinking you need to spend out of pocket for this? So out of pocket, I would say, well, most people don't pay out of, right. Uh, they see. don't write a check, right? So they it. usually finance it okay. and, uh, and so forth. But because most of the time, uh, I would say for our time share, it was around like 8200 8, uh-huh. um, And then after closing costs and all that, it was like right at $9,000. Oh, so it was very much like real estate. Yeah. The so, and the thing is, like, the guy had offered it at 15000 at first and yeah. worked their way That's down. That's crazy. But the thing that they don't, they also mentioned that there's also a maintenance fee that you have to pay every single year yeah and when you ask them how much it is they'll say oh yeah it's about you know a couple hundred bucks a year and then you would you, some people may even ask them well how much does it increase every single year and they, they normally say oh well it increased about maybe uh, the rate of inflation and actually i have some math later to tell you that that's not the case at all understood yeah well let's get into the timeshare itself i mean sure Clearly, there's a lot of people who buy timeshares, and you know, you've you said you you and your wife have been a, a, a victim. A, a victim. <laughs> That's fair, man. We want to be objective here. Sure, sure. There are other, but clearly, there's a lot of people who have timeshares. That's why they work. What are the pros? Let's start with the positive stuff. Why you know? Why would someone actually think maybe this is a good investment vehicle? Right. So. 
My, I have to admit, even though the math part really upsets me, but our actual experience with the timeshare um, and actually staying in these timeshares have yeah. been pretty positive. Okay. And uh, mainly because a lot of the properties and rooms that you would book are a lot bigger than your standard hotel. And uh, I would say the smallest place I've stayed at was, you know, was equivalent to like a suite, a small suite to yeah. most hotels, right? They normally have some sort of kitchen, some sort of fridge. And some sort of living space that's more akin to like a condo than it really is like a hotel. Yeah. Which is great because a lot of times my wife and I, when we go vacation, we like to, uh, we don't really like to eat out all the time. Yeah. So we want right. to have some time just to cook and cook ourselves. Then um, the timeshare usually gives you that option. Got it. Another pro is that you're usually not restricted to, again, to a single resort because uh, because you're in this network. Uh, there, the, the property, the, I guess the, the breadth of all the properties, you can actually choose between maybe a couple hundred properties throughout the world, yeah. which is pretty, yeah, which is pretty, pretty nice, yeah. right? Because a lot of people, a lot of time, most people are under the assumption that when you buy a timeshare, you're just stuck to that one resort. But usually that's not the case. You can go pretty much anywhere around the world. Very cool. And then... I would have to say that it's relatively painless to book a vacation as well because a lot of times the, the people on the phone are really nice and the, the online tools are today are really good as well. So it's, it's not oh, too that's bad. Good. It's, it's pretty similar to any other Expedia or whatever type of sites like that, right? Some people actually generate incomes out of these timeshares as well. Really? Yeah. Okay. By, How does that work? They, a lot of times, if they, let's say I can't go to my, uh, I can't utilize my points this year or I can't utilize my week this year. Uh, they can actually sublet it or rent it out and uh, to uh, other people who, who are interested. Got it. So some people they do make some income on, on that side. In some cases, you can deduct your maintenance fees and and interest and the interest that you pay on your uh, on the financing on the loan Got are it. tax deductible. Okay, um, so but, some tax incentives there. Yeah, but the only thing is with the maintenance fees, uh, you can only deduct it if you rent it out. So if you don't rent it out, then you can't deduct it. Got it. And then for the interest to be claimed, you can only claim if you have uh, you can only claim on your primary or, or secondary, right? Right. So if you have two homes, then yeah, you it's you can't deduct work. this. Yeah. Understood. Well, let's get into the flip side of that then, Dan. Sure. This is, seems to be where you stake your claim. <laughs> yes, yes. What are some of the cons then? I mean, I, we just talked about, you know, a lot of good positive stuff. You know, those seem like pretty decent pluses on the side. And it's good to hear that the experience has been decent mm-hmm. in terms of at least when you go stay at the places. But tell us the tell us the real stuff, Van. Oh, what are the cons? Let's start out with the the maintenance fees. Okay, and I have oh. to say that they, they fees uh, again. Yeah, fees again. You know how how much I like those, and these maintenance fees. I I would have to say they are a pain in the butt, and I'll, okay. I'll tell you why. About ten years ago, when we bought this, our maintenance fee was around one hundred fifty. Let's let's say let's just say under, a little under two hundred dollars uh, per year. Okay, which didn't seem too bad. That's we, not that, too bad. Yeah, yeah. It, it was you know it's not the, it, it's it's about a you know, Starbucks cup every month or something yeah, like that, right? Not, not, not a big bad. deal. In 2017, or when I paid it last year on, in December, um, we actually paid more than $400 um, that year for oh, wow. uh, for, it, uh, for this maintenance fee, which equated to like you know a little over 166% increase. Yeah. Last night, actually, I looked through all my timeshare maintenance fees, and I looked at all the increases oh, and looked at all the average increases and so forth, and... Every year for the last 10 years, the average increase was about 8% per wow. year. Um, I mean, some years were lower, some years were higher, and so forth. But that's I, way I more say, than inflation. Yeah, on, on average, 8%, right? That, yeah. that's, that's nuts. On top of that, um, what they don't really uh, tell you when you go to these resorts is, so when you, go, when you buy your property, um, your network is usually just within maybe 
your network is like relatively small, but yeah. then like what they kind of show you is like the whole book that shows you the whole wide world of all the resorts out there. Got it. Um, but there's, but the thing is like, there's something called your internal network and then there's something called your external network. And the external network is usually um, run by a company called RCI. Uh, and RCI, if you want to book any of their resorts, you actually have to pay an exchange fee, which is $180 per trip. Wow. So on top of that, you know, that then $180, that's easily a, a night anywhere you can go, right? These fees that they throw on you is, is really annoying. Got it. But one thing I hear a lot about timeshares is that people actually don't end up using them. Is that something that's very true, you think, Sam? Very common, actually. Similar to you, I do know most people, uh, me included, who don't use their timeshares every single year. And I, I looked at all my trips uh, last night, and yeah. uh, the last 10 years, we utilized maybe about 7 or out of 10 of those years. So there, oh, was, wow. there was 3 years of those that we didn't go on any vacation at all. And in those cases, we paid the maintenance fee for nothing, <laughs> in a sense. Oh, right? got it. You know, because it's so expensive, they usually buy a lower tier plan that they can't really use. Um, you know, in the oh, future. Oh, I see. Or I they, see. or they may buy a plan that fit their lifestyle today, but they can't use it in the future. Got so, it. So, so one thing that when we bought our plan was um, they really marketed to us that it's really great for last minute trips. Got it. Because the way it works is if I can book within the next the last like let's say. 45 days uh, before my trip, then I can, uh, you know, I can essentially go to on three of those trips per year instead of just one per year. Got it. Um, but the problem is with kids, y- y- you can't really do anything last no. minute anymore. So yeah. it just doesn't really fit us, our lifestyle today. Got it. Any other cons, fan? Oh, the loan rates. <laughs> this is, no, this is, is egregious. Um, so when you take out a loan, so I, I actually ended up taking a loan on this initially. And when I learned what uh, interest rates were and how they affected you and so forth, and I looked back at this contract, I, I decided just to pay off that loan right away. Oh, wow. And uh, I read that on average, your loan rate for timeshares is right around 15%. Which is crazy, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's much higher than any car or any home that you have to buy. Absolutely. But when I looked at my contract, when I had opened that loan, <sighs> Kevin, my loan, my loan rate was over 20%. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> How crazy is that? Yeah, that's like a credit card. That's like more than a credit card. Some credit card times. Yeah. 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 Oh my gosh. I don't think most people understand that. And uh, when we signed it, we totally did not understand it. Yeah. And um, when I started learning about this, it's just, I just, you know, we, my wife and I just paid off the balance right, yeah. right away. Then again, this uh, yeah, it's just those interest rates are a lot higher than anything that you usually That's crazy. Would buy, right? Oh my gosh! Okay. And, uh, and the last last con I have right now is actually the most egregious con <laughs> out of all of these is that t- the timeshare actually does not end when you die. Oh, so your ownership of the timeshare doesn't end when you die, and what I mean by that is. Let's say you have uh, kids and you have some um, estate that you want to pass on to your kids. Your timeshare actually becomes part of your estate. It's your property almost. Ex- exactly. Mm, and interesting. The thing is that, which is what that actually means is that your inheritors will be burdened by these increasing maintenance fees you know, year by year for the rest of their lives until you, know, we get, you get rid of the timeshare. The crazy thing is if the heirs refuse to pay the timeshare fees or the loan balance, if you have one, the timeshare company can actually garnish... Uh, quite a bit of your your estate. Got it. So it's just it's just crazy that it's just with you forever. And had I had my wife and I known this, we we would have never touched it with a ten foot pole. Well, yeah. that's very interesting. I can't believe. That. So is there a point in time where that that gets paid off? So the, the price that you pay is what you would pay for your loan, but then the the maintenance fee is forever. Oh, so it's one if you hold on to this timeshare, you're paying that for life. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. Well, paying it for your own life, your kids' life, and my their grandkids' God. life. Okay. <laughs> so. In this case, some people are saying, well, 
At the end of the day, like, why should you still stay away from timeshares? Did you not listen to me, Kevin? No, I'm just saying. <laughs> actually, but, uh, to, but to that point, there's actually a lot of options today, right? Because back when I bought this, uh, Airbnb wasn't really in existence, and uh, we didn't really know about credit card mileage and hotel points and so forth. So you're going to walk us through your little bit of math time? <laughs> I do. I think it's time. Yeah, I do. So I, I do have some math time because most people out there who may own timeshares, they, they probably are either hating me right now or or understanding what I'm coming to. But I actually crunch, I did some math to understand whether or not my timeshare purchase was uh, justified or whether or not it was a good deal. Okay? Right. Uh, so looking at my purchase price. So uh, I purchased it at $8,200 with, uh, with escrow fees of $800 after that. So that's $9,000, right? Right. Within the last 10 years, I paid a total of about a little over $3,300 in maintenance fees. And also for exchange fees, uh, the RCI fee, I paid about a little under thirteen hundred. So okay. my grand total for the light, you know, so far what I paid is around thirteen thousand five hundred, right? Just rounded the uh, round numbers. Got it. What I did was I did some uh, some estimates of all the places I've stayed within throughout my timeshare, and I just made the assumption that let's, let's say there's about two hundred dollars a night yeah. because usually my wife and I don't go peak season, so sure. I actually think two hundred dollars a night is quite generous. Yeah, and. Uh, had we stayed in all the places that we we visited at the timeshare, our grand total would have been around eleven thousand dollars. Again, that, the difference is is not that bad. Sure, but could you imagine if I had uh, didn't negotiate and uh, had bought it at fifteen thousand yeah. dollars and then oh my god, so that you know thirteen thousand uh, that instead of nine thousand dollars, well actually instead of thirteen thousand dollars, it would have been at least closer to twenty thousand dollars of my total lifetime cost. Yeah. Right? So again, it's just it's just crazy, but. <laughs> I went a little bit further with this analysis. Oh, did you know? <laughs> so I was thinking that instead of using the you know that money to buy the timeshare, um, instead if I just invested it in um, you know S and P five hundred in the stock market, and keep in mind I bought this back in two thousand nine, so right you know right after the crash and prices were super low and you know there was a ton of uh, keep in mind there was a ton of recovery since then, right? Sure. <sighs> Kevin, guess how much money I would have had today if I had put that nine thousand dollars in this S and P five hundred fund instead. Um, double? 18? I would have quadrupled my money. Oh, my goodness. So, actually, uh, I'm, th- I'm just ca- uh, thinking that... It, Why are you doing this to yourself? I know. It's, <laughs> so, I would have a balance of $41,000. Oh, my uh, goodness. That I, would have, I could add to my net worth if I didn't buy this timeshare. Wow. So, this is like, you know, discounting all the purchase price, discounting the maintenance fees and exchange fees. If I had put that money instead in S&P, then, yeah, 41000 bucks is what I would have in my net worth. Well, don't feel bad, man. I yeah. feel like there's a lot of people who probably are doing the same thing, if not have fared a little bit worse. Right. But talk to us a little bit. Part of this is psych, psych, like psychology, right? It's like, you know, you clearly are, are really good with money. Why did you feel like at that time that that was something you wanted to buy? Well, personally, my wife and I didn't know any better, <laughs> and yeah. we weren't really great with money at that time, yeah. I would say, and we definitely liked vacationing, and it was something that we enjoyed doing together, and we thought that this was the type of product that we can do it most uh, efficiently and effectively, right? Sure. Had I known about what the S&P 500 was, I would have thrown that thrown yeah, it in that guy's face. Sure. But, <laughs> but again, it just, it, the deal just seemed too good to, to pass, and it was just, yeah. you know, they cut the price during all these trips, and again, it, we're just, we just felt really high, uh, really pressured to make a decision on the spot. I totally hear you. Now, there might, I think there are some, still some folks out there, after listening to all this, they're still saying, hey, guys, I still am interested in that idea. Like, it fits my lifestyle, it fits what I want to do. What would you say to someone that says, Van, I hear your story. 
I feel bad for you, but I still feel like I can fare better. What would you tell them? No, no, no. <laughs> Actually, the, you can do a much better move than what my wife and I did. So. Yeah. A lot of times, this is not advertised, but you can actually buy timeshare secondhand. Okay. And uh, because there are probably, I, I don't know about millions, but there's like at least you know thousands of people out there sure. that are trying to get rid of their timeshare. And I'm sure they, they're willing to give it to you pennies on the dollar. So, um, you know, you think I got a good, good deal at 50%, then what if I told you you can get like a 95% off of what they paid, yeah. right? So, which is, which is pretty crazy. So um, this now is you're sounding like the salesman, right? Just kidding. Yeah, no, I hear you. <laughs> but it's just, but at that at that rate, um, you're not your risk is a lot lower, right? And sure. your entry into cost of a timeshare is a lot lower um, versus what I went through. Got it. And, okay. Uh, and another thing is, uh, if you do, if you it's still appealing to you, uh, make sure you buy a timeshare property that is in a desirable area. Uh, it should be a place that you'd like to visit often, and that is ranked highly enough that. It's not a problem to transfer uh, from property to property sure. because um, the way I understand it is we had bought a timeshare in Vegas. So let's say that I want to go to Hawaii instead, right? So basically, I had to trade my Vegas points into uh, to go to Hawaii. But if I were to go, if I had a place that was less desirable, then uh, it may be a problem for me to go to Hawaii or it may cost me more to go to Hawaii. So you just got to make sure that you have a resort that is very desirable. That makes sense. Right. Another thing, another best practice is uh, never accept the first offer <laughs> because on that negotiation, we we were ready to walk out. I swear, probably at least four or five times. And oh, wow. every time we walked away, they just kept you know throwing in like you know just yeah. throwing it in, throwing it in, and it just kept ke- keeping us on our, in our chairs. So you know, just let let them shower you with gifts and incentives before yeah. you decide to walk away Smart. or walk away for good. Smart. And uh, the last thing is. Don't give them more than 90 minutes of your time. I would say just keep reminding them every half an hour that, hey, you have you know, another uh, an hour left. Hey, you have a half hour left. And just keep reminding them. If, and if they threaten you for, to not give you your prize, then you know, just, just tell them, no, you're not, you're not allowed to do that. I'm getting yeah. my prize one way or another. And just, just play hardball with them because that's clearly, what they're doing. Clearly, they're playing, yeah, they're playing hardball with you. So you, you, know, you, ha- you, can be, you can be a total jerk at that point. Yeah, no, that's very great. That's good, good advice, fan. What if you're in a situation similar to you to some of these folks? They want to start getting rid of it. How would you go about doing that? This is really tricky, Kevin, because it's not a real good way, a real good cheap way to do it. And um, I have to say that most uh, time, if you go Google time sh- uh, sh- how to sell timeshares, a lot of the links that you see or a lot of services you see are actually scams, and uh, they, oh, they'll just really? list it for you, but they'll and they'll take your fee, but they don't guarantee that you'll sell anything, and it's just. A lot of times, people hold on to their property for years after they decide to sell it. Wow! You can. Um, there's another way you can do it is where you can donate the timeshare, but again, you still got to pay uh, maybe like several thousand dollars out of pocket to get rid of it. Oh, and that seems terrible. Yeah, and then uh, Dave Ramsey actually endorses a company called Timeshare Exit Team. And I was actually looking to figure, trying to figure out how much they charge, and on average, they tra- require about four thousand dollars to pay just out of pocket to just to sell it. And but they guarantee, but it sounds like they're not a scam though. So yeah. maybe if that you know lets you sleep at night, then that's fine. But again, uh, four thousand dollars—that's that's crazy. That's a lot. Of <laughs> that's money. crazy money. There's actually one uh, one other way you can do it, and uh, actually, I, I have to give this credit to my coworker. And what he actually did was he he decided to go to his resort property. And he walked around in you know around the pool and went up to ask people, hey, uh, basically asking them if they want to buy more, right? And he said that, look, I'm not I'm not a scammer or anything, and I'll give it to you for a dollar. <laughs> and sure enough, he found a he found a family that bought it from him for a dollar or something like oh, something smart. ridiculous like that. And 
That's how he got oh, rid of his contract. Crazy. So he, he pretty much went out of his way to uh, solicit himself <laughs> to <laughs> to get rid of this timeshare. Mm, that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's pretty smart. Because by getting by selling it for a dollar, he sure he lost money in the investment. Sure, but then he gets rid of that maintenance issue exactly. fee forever, and he doesn't have to pay the you know thousands of dollars out of pocket to get rid of it. Got it. Yeah. Oh, and the resort fee resorts don't care as long as someone's paying for it. Not at all. I mean, uh, the whole process actually required him to go down to the city hall to transfer a title and all that stuff. Just so like it's a house, kind of thing. exactly right. So Very it's not. Cool. Um, so it's something that. If you can do, I mean, again, he was really lucky to do that, but yeah. I don't, I don't know how successful you could be if sure. <laughs> to well, do to, to do something like that. Well, good stuff, Van. I think that brings us to the close of today's show, right? Yeah. I mean, I think uh, we covered timeshares pretty, pretty well there. Yeah. Did you have anything else you wanted to? No, add? I think we got we did our song and dance. So. Yeah. <laughs> I want to say we should have just just left it. We should have just done the skit and then just left it. Yeah, it would have been done. But uh, folks, if you have any more questions, or I hope we answered uh, for those listeners that asked about timeshares, we answered your questions and kind of gave a good overview. If you have guys have any questions or feedback, please reach out to us at a word about wealth at gmail dot com, and uh, you know continue to please rate review. We're at twenty two now. We are twenty two. Yeah, that's oh, pretty wow. good, right? What? That's pretty good. So we're making our way up the 20s and then we'll go to the 30s <laughs> that's how counting works kevin yes i know <laughs> i'm 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 uh expressing my disdain with the fact that we're not in the three triple digits yet oh okay that's right okay. any case yeah, but it's it's, it's we're getting, getting there. there we're getting there we're so getting again there. We, we appreciate you guys all out there for listening and sharing our podcast agreed all right guys we'll talk to you later take care